0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, there is an inseparable connection uh, between being a Christian and praying. And you cannot do the one without the other. And this is because prayer is a fruit of faith, the result of trusting in and relying upon the Lord. So early on, from a young age, we're taught to pray for all things. Our parents taught us to pray in the morning before each meal Uh, before each night, before we sleep. We pray, praise, and give thanks to God when things go well, uh, when we pass a test or get a job or get engaged or married or buy a home or have children and so on. And we also pray to God when things don't go well, uh, when we fail or when we lose our job, when we have marital problems, when we lose our home and even our children. But no matter what happens, we pray in all things, because this is what a Christian does. And at least, well, that's, that's what we should do. And yet, we don't, not as often as we should. And it's not like it's a matter of time. It's not like you don't have time to pray. Because of all things that you can possibly do in the world, <laughs> prayer is actually the easiest thing to do. It's talking with God. You, you can do this anywhere and at any time. In fact, you don't even have to talk out loud. You can just think or desire something. And the Lord hears this. You don't have to utter a word. And so praying is so easy and convenient. And yet, why is it that some people just stop praying? That they just no longer pray? Well, there's only one reason people stop praying, and that is unbelief. Somehow, in some way, they've killed their own faith, and for that reason, they stop praying to God. There's, there's only one reason why people stop praying. However, there's a di- many different ways to get there to that, different, uh, to that same reason. Uh, and so, so today, we're going to focus on the one specific way that leads people to stop praying. One thing that leads them to that, and that is discouragement. And it is a discouragement with God. It's the thought that God somehow isn't listening anymore. Or if he is listening, then he just doesn't care. So we'll see people pray and pray and pray and pray, night and day. And then after some time, they'll just give up and say, what is the use anymore? What is the point? Nothing is going to change. Nothing is happening. So why pray? Now, if you've thought these things in the past, if you think them right now, if you know that the day is coming that you'll be tempted to think this, then you need to pay attention to the gospel lesson for today and take it to heart. All right. So the gospel lesson for today is on the verbal exchange between the Canaanite woman and Jesus. Jesus went to the district of Tyre and Sidon and a Canaanite woman from there came out to him crying. She says, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a devil, a demon uh, that is an evil spirit. Now, we've seen people uh, say this sort of thing before to Jesus. The, The blind man cried out the same thing to Jesus. He calls him the son of David. Um, And he asked him to have mercy upon him. We've seen uh, a man possessed by a legion of demons. And we've seen Jesus help both of them. So we've seen this before. But what we haven't seen before is what Jesus did today. The woman cries out for mercy. And what does the Bible say? He did not answer her a word. We haven't seen this before. And this is unexpected. This woman cries for help and Jesus seemingly ignores her. Now, we know that it wasn't simply that Jesus didn't hear her or that she only cried out to him once and he just didn't get it. Uh, The word here in Greek is a present active participle, which means that she was continually crying out over and over and over again. She was repeatedly saying the same thing again and again. The Bible, doesn't just, uh, the Bible doesn't tell us how many times she actually cried out, but it was enough that the disciples got annoyed with her. Uh, and, and the verse says this. It says, and his disciples came and begged him. They begged Jesus, send her away. Tell her to go away because she's crying out now after us. So the image you get is that Jesus is walking with his disciples. The woman is crying out over and over again, asking for his attention, asking for him to listen to her. And Jesus keeps on walking. He just does not uh, answer her a word. And then she keeps crying out. Now, just real quick, I want to compare that to us uh, really quickly. How many times have you and I prayed for something? And how many times is it that we see one thing go wrong in our life and then what (laughs) we begin to doubt or when we pray and we don't see the change instantly right away what do we do we just throw our hands up and hang our head and say well what's the use what does it matter anymore we see a few hard moments and then some begin to question not only god's love but also his very existence now and yet to compare that to what this woman does when this happens to her she doesn't stop praying In fact, she begins praying even more. And she doesn't give up or leave. She prays more fervently. And she presses on and she is relentless. Okay, well, uh, when the disciples beg Jesus to send her away, Jesus tells them, Look, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this is devastating. Can you imagine what the disciples would have done If they heard this, Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what they did, but we do know we didn't hear about them or from them for the rest of the text. Uh, But what would you have done? You would have been shocked or embarrassed or speechless or just stepped away, backed away from Jesus. Um, That is probably what they did. And on this text, Luther said that if Jesus ever talked to him that way, he would have just run for the hills. Jesus didn't say anything wrong here, though. It's just really hard to hear. It's the truth, but it's very hard to hear. And yet the Bible says this. It says, she came and knelt before Jesus saying, Lord, help me. And then you think, okay, finally, the Lord is going to relent. He will answer her. Well, he goes even further. She asked for help, and he says what? He says, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. (laughs) This doesn't hit our ears the same way as it did theirs. It's actually worse. Nowadays, we have dogs in our home as pets and we name them and we take care of them. But at that time, dogs weren't pets. They were a nuisance. They were like raccoons or something that scrounge through the trash, things that are unwanted. You didn't have dogs as pets. They were diseased and lowly creatures. So that is the image that comes to mind. That is what he calls this woman, a dog. Now, I think if Jesus would have said that to me, I would have fainted and died. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have uh, endured it. Again, look, this is another devastating blow. And yet Jesus still didn't say anything wrong. <laughs> He was only saying the truth, right? After all, she was a Canaanite. And these are the people who invited the devil into their homes, messed with the occult. They set their babies on fire, literally, to please their gods, their false gods. And this woman is most likely at fault for the reason her daughter is demon-possessed. She's probably the one who caused it. So everything Jesus says is true. She is a dog. She is entirely unworthy to sit at the table, and she knows it. That's why she doesn't fight it. So Jesus calls her a dog, and then the very first word out of her mouth is what? Yes. She just says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And this is beautiful. Because she says, yes, I know who I am. I know I'm a dog. I know I have a lot to be ashamed of and embarrassed for. I know I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I know I'm unworthy to sit at that table with everyone else. I know that I'm even unworthy for the crumbs that I'm begging for. I know who I am. But I also know who you are. And you are my master. You are my God. And you're the one who has come to have mercy upon sinners like me. You're the one who came to save those who don't deserve it. You're the one the prophets foretold, the one who came to give your life in exchange for mine, to take my place as a dog in this world. You're the one whose mercy endures forever, the one who doesn't desire the death of the wicked, but that they repent and turn from their ways. And then Jesus says this, he says, O woman, Great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Now, I want to focus on what Jesus says here. He says, great. Great is your faith. And so we oftentimes hear this and we think, look, oh, she must have had a great amount of faith. Or like more than the average Christian or person or something like that. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here. I don't think he's talking about the quantity of of her faith but the quality of her faith it's not the amount of faith she has but the kind of faith she has it's not about how much she believes but what she is believing in and clinging to and what is it what is it that kept her from giving up from no, for, what is it that kept her holding on to her in her him in her heart What was she made of? Why was her faith so great? Well, the reason her faith was so great is because she believed this. She believed that the Lord was listening and that the Lord loved her. Even when she had every single indication to think that he was not and did not. She trusted that Jesus was hearing her listening to her, even if he didn't open his mouth and answer, even if he seemingly ignored her and dismissed her, insulted her, she still held on to the fact that he was listening to her and that he loved her. And she knew that Jesus was listening, not because she was good, but because he was good. Because she knew his grac- that he is gracious and merciful to those who are unworthy of it. Because she knew that he is the Lord who made her and was about to redeem her on that cross. She knew that Jesus is the God who has mercy on sinners. And for that reason, she was certain and sure. For that reason, that, that thing, that thing which she clung to, she did not give up praying for a second. Because she knew that not one of her words were in vain. And that Jesus heard them all. So, I want you to take comfort, to take comfort in this in the midst of all of your seemingly unanswered prayers. I know how frequently and fervently you all pray. You've been asking for the same things for so long. And you tell me how you've prayed to find a godly spouse, prayed that God grant you a child, prayed for your illness and your disease for a better marriage, for financial security, for your addiction to go away, for your depression and pain and anxiety and stress to leave you once and for all. You have been praying for all of these things, and so far you haven't seen the Lord grant it to you or give it. But don't hang your head in shame and don't give up. Listen carefully. I I, I want to clarify this before going on. I'm not saying that if you just pray hard enough, God will give you what you pray for in this life. I'm not saying that. Uh, What I am saying is that no matter how much you pray and no matter how many times you open your eyes and don't see what you've prayed for, don't for a second think that the Lord is not listening, that he doesn't hear you or that he doesn't love you. Don't think that he doesn't care, even if you have every indication to think that he doesn't. The Lord may or may not grant you what you ask for in this life. That is up to his perfect and gracious will. He knows better what you need than you know what to ask for. But don't think that Jesus is not listening, because he is. And dear saints, you can trust in and rely upon the fact that Jesus listens to your every word. Do you think that the God who took on flesh was beaten and bruised and killed on the cross and died to forgive all of your sins is not listening to you? Do you think that he cares enough to die for you, but not enough to listen to your voice? The same Lord Jesus who washed away your every sin, opened the gate of heaven for you, is the same God who opens his ears to your pleas. The same God who created a clean heart in you is the one who listens to everything that goes on in your heart. He listens to all of your prayers, the ones you feel unworthy to even ask for, the ones you're a bit embarrassed and ashamed to even ask for, scared to ask for before God. God knows this, and he hears them. And he's, he hears the longing and the yearning and the deep desire of your soul, and it's not on account of your worthiness but on account of his deep and undying love for you. And so that means there is not one sigh or tear or one groan or grunt or one ache or pain or one split second of anguish or trouble. Not one desire or impulse of your heart that the Lord himself does not hear and listen to. Now before I close, I want to say one final thing. During that conversation in the gospel lesson, the woman trusted and believed that Jesus was listening, even when it seemed like he was not. She believed it to be true. Well, at the end of that exchange, she could look back and then see that it was true, that he was indeed listening the whole time. She could look back and see that Jesus heard every word, even from the very beginning. In fact, we know that he was listening because he caused her words and her prayers to be written in Holy Scripture to keep a permanent and eternal record of her prayer. And she and all Christians throughout time can look back and see that, the G- that Jesus heard her every plea. That he loved her the entire time. And the same goes for you. Right now you trust and believe that Jesus hears you. But know that the day is coming when he will answer your prayer and you will see that it was true. The day is coming when he will release you from every care and sorrow, when he will take away every single problem, when he will wipe away every tear, when he will answer the deepest longing in your heart. On that day, he will answer your prayer and take away your affliction and give you joy. And he'll cover you with a weight of eternal and undying glory. And when that day comes, you too will look back on this life and know that he was listening the entire time. You'll look back and see that there was not one day or one moment or one second that Jesus was not listening and loving you. So don't give up or grow weary. Don't be discouraged. The Lord hears you. He loves you. Your prayers are not in vain. Not one of your prayers has gone unheard. So keep on praying. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. What God ordains is always good. He is my friend and father. He suffers not to do me harm, though many storms may gather. Now I may know both joy and woe. Some day I shall see clearly that he has loved me dearly.